0: It's the Holy War time as Boston College basketball faces off against Notre Dame. We're going to have two segments dedicated to basketball all on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Hey, we've been talking football for months now. It's time to turn the page a little bit as we wait up for the bowl season to talk about BC basketball. BC basketball is going to face off against Notre Dame on Friday tonight in the opener of the ACC schedule. This is a huge game, obviously, for Boston College, as BC basketball has been projected to be at the bottom of the ACC and. You know, truth be told, we've been watching a lot of their games. They haven't shown that they can beat anyone higher than an Ivy League team at this point. You know, they beat Fairfield, they beat South Florida, they beat Columbia, and they beat Dartmouth. But we saw them lose to URI twice, lose to Utah. This is a big game. Now, you'll look at the Ken Palm ratings, and you got to get a little bit nervous here because, you know, Ken Palm is that rating. They kind of scan out how teams do offensively, defensively, and project how they would play against each other. BC's 131, which, believe me, is is miles better than they were last year. But Notre Dame is 43. That's the highest-ranked team Boston College has played all season. Unlike Boston College, Notre Dame has played some pretty tough opponents. Now, not not to knock on who BC has played. URI's not too bad, and Utah's played well, but... Notre Dame, they've played Texas A&M, they played St. Mary's and Illinois, three good teams, and they've hung with most of them. They were beating Illinois at uh, later in the game, so they've shown that they can do it. Now, they've got some talented players. Dane Goodwin is their leading scorer with 15 points per game. He's sh- deadly from the field, shooting 48%. And they also have um, Nate Lazuski, who... I believe last year was brutal against Boston College on the boards. Now we saw against South Florida where Boston College let up 19 offensive rebounds against the Bulls, not playing very well on the on the boards. If they let up Lazuwski and let him go wild, we saw Notre Dame beat them up last year. They got to play better. Do You need a big game from James Carnick and TJ Hick- Hick- uh, Bickerstaff, excuse me, on the boards because they cannot be that badly beaten against good teams or they're going to lose. And that's a big thing to watch for in this game. The other name to watch for is Paul Atkinson Jr. Now, Paul Atkinson's a transfer from Yale who's uh, one of the biggest transfers out of uh the last year's transfer portal. He averaged uh 17.6 rebounds per game 2 years ago. They didn't he didn't play last year. Uh, and was one of the best players in the Ivy League. He's already averaging 12.3. He's a 6'9" forward. Gives Notre Dame a real good edge there, uh, and he's going to be challenged. He's going to be a, probably Bickerstaff. You're going to see a lot of him on him, and you're going to see Karnik probably posting up a little bit on him as well. So that's going to be a major challenge for BC's defense. He's one of the more talented players Boston College has faced all season. So what am I getting at? Don't look at Notre Dame's record. They're three and three. Their wins come against pretty lousy teams. You know, High Point, some of these other teams they're playing against, but. I, I I think they're a good team, and I think it's going to be a real challenge for Boston College. They need to play well, and it's going to have to start with some. You need to get scoring. You cannot have a team that plays really good, de- pretty good defense and no scoring at all. And that's kind of been the the mo for Boston College so far this year. They need to have Demar Langford really step up, and you need to get some scoring from other uh, other players, whether it's Makai Ashton Langford, Jaden Zachary, or you know what, a guy like you know. Uh, James Carnick or or TJ Bickerstaff. Someone needs to score some points, and it would be nice to have Galloway off the bench to score some as well. So, I don't know. I I, I don't think Boston College is going to win this game. It's a home game. Hopefully, Boston College fans show up. I mean, it's been tough, and I and I get it. You look at on. Um, you look on the games and it, the the stadium and the arena is dead. And it's it's going to take some time to, to breathe some life in it. I laughed because Earl Grant is promising students that show up a free order of nachos if they show up to the game. Um, that's probably the first time I've ever heard of this happening. But maybe they'll get some fans there and students as well because – The students have not been part, like, haven't been integrated to this basketball program for what seems like over ten years. They'll show up to the Duke and UNC game, but for the most part, it's always dead. So this will be a nice game for them to show up. It's the holy war. It's Notre Dame. You know, it's it's a rival. It's a good program. It's a program Boston College could beat if they play well. But we're gonna have to see. We're gonna see what BC team we get because if they show up like they did against, you know, URI. And in that first game where they can't get anything inside and they're getting blocked all over the place, it's going to be a mess. However, if they've kind of figured some stuff out since the URI game, are able to spread the floor a little bit and start hitting some shots, you know, let Jaden Zachary shoot a little bit, get aggressive with Demar Langford, maybe he's feeling a little bit more then this could be anyone's game, right? Going into it, though, as of this recording, there is no line on it because college basketball is weird and I hate that, but <laughs> there's no line on the game right now. But ESPN's predictor has BC as a 51.9% chance of winning this game. So You're not going to get many of those, but it would be really nice for Boston College to start off the season with a win in ACC play, especially since there's been many people who believe, and, and I'm, not jo- I'm not ripping on them because I think there's some truth to it, that Boston College could potentially go 0 for the ACC. This could be a game, and then obviously those Pitt games. Pitt is bad right now, so I don't think that's going to happen. But it'll be nice to you know start off with a win, and we'll have to see where Boston College does. In a moment, I promise you this will probably be the last piece of schadenfreude, as a Boston ex-Boston College coach has just lost his job, and we're going to get all into that. But it's college football season, and as always, Bet Online has you covered for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season marches to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. I don't have the line right now, but you can head on over to Bet Online and find the action for Boston College and Notre Dame for the 3 o'clock start on Saturday. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive it. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and at UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. Now, I've been doing this for all year long, and for some of you, you like it, and for some of you, you don't like it. So, if you hate me talking about Steve Adazio. Why don't you skip ahead about seven minutes? And I, I, I promise you it won't hurt my feelings. If you don't wanna hear about my thoughts about it, then you can skip ahead. But if you wanna hear uh me talk about it a little bit, we're gonna talk about it now. So former Boston College uh, head coach Steve Adazio was fired as expected on Thursday. Now Mitch Wolf he had said earlier this week, he didn't think it was gonna happen when the when the when the bloodshed happened earlier this week where it seemed like 12 to 13 coaches got fired. He said, wait till Thursday. That's when his guaranteed, um, his bonus drops or his uh, buyout drops from $5 million to $3 million. And like clockwork, Mitch nailed it. Pete Thamel tweets out that Steve Adazio is out of a job. Now, this was a pathetic outing for Adazio in Fort Collins. He lasted two years amassing a 4-12 and record in the Mountain West Conference, including getting drubbed by Nevada in his last game, a game he didn't get to see much of because he got ejected. So what had, what was this whole story? So if you don't remember correctly, that last November, or two Novembers ago, 2019, Adazio was fired after the Pit game, day after. And within ten days, he was hired by Colorado State. Now, this seemed really odd when you first heard about it. You're like, why would they hire a guy who just finished going forty-four and forty-four with Boston College? Why would they hire him? What that doesn't make sense. Well, Colorado State was using a coaching search firm, firm, and that coaching search firm was Urban Meyer, who happens to be Steve Adazio's best friend. So uh, Meyer, who has you know a relationship with the Rams. It recommended they hired Adazio, which they did. And what ended up happening over the next two years for Colorado State was a gigantic mess. So first of all, He gets there, and all the stories out of Boston College start popping up about how he mistreated players, how the players didn't respect him, how things were not. had Andre Williams trashing him. You had some other big names all trashing him. So he gets to Colorado State. He does the same gym teacher, puff-his-chest stuff that he did at Boston College. You know, going to be a hard, physical, gritty team, and we're going to do it the right way here. We're going to build something big, blah, 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 blah. The usual Dazio. Dazio. chest-puffing thing. Before he even coaches a game, he gets accused of all sorts of things by Colorado State uh, media, including there was allegations of player mistreatment, there was voting rights issues, there was all sorts of issues going on with uh, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. I'm not getting into all the nitty-gritty with it, but there were a lot of allegations, and because of COVID-19, it all seemed to kind of get swept under the rug eventually. Nothing ever fizzled. It all kind of fizzled out And he only played, I think, four games last year because of all the COVID stuff. His team was a mess. They didn't play. He gets a whole bunch of Boston College players to transfer over. You saw David Bailey, the former star running back, Matt Valachi, who – Tore his knee up this year. Quarterback who was never going to play here, he ends up in there. You got a couple offensive linemen: Adam Karutz, Elijah Johnson. They transfer over, and then Cam Reddy, another one who wasn't going to play at Boston College. They all transfer over to Colorado State to play with the Dazio. Can't blame him. He's the guy they committed to originally. Probably better chance of playing there than under Jeff Hathley It frees up uh, you know scholarships for Boston College players uh to, to join the team. Well, they get over there. This year was a complete and utter mess in in Colorado State. They were three and nine. They, you know, they lost badly to Wyoming. Who, if you don't follow Mountain West football, is their big rival in their conference. They got smoked by them. He starts doing those press conferences that everyone remembers here, where he's blaming everything but himself. You know, we're building this thing brick by brick. You know, this wasn't our fault. We're young. We're injured. Blah 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 blah. You know, he did the whole glaring at the media thing, being aggressive towards the media. Same old nonsense that you got at Boston College, and the fans there were much tougher. I mean credit to the to Colorado State fans they were tougher on him than Boston College fans were they were all over him the media was not having any of it uh, right off the bat, like he was doing the same crap that he was doing at Boston College, but their their fan base, and their media were like, nope, not going to happen here. And they booed him. They stopped showing up to games. There was like 13,000 in their season finale against Nevada. Um, their fans with I, I saw the shirt last week that had the I was at Steve Adazio's last game as the coach of Colorado State. There were, you know, the, all the telltale signs. It was a program. Colorado State's a good program. It produced, you know, Good. pro They've produced good quality NFL talent. They play in a fun conference. They're in a great city. To have them hire a coach like Steve Adazio, who's done nothing and does nothing to further programs, uh, was embarrassing. And now they can move on. They can move on. And it's time for that program to make a good hire because they've they've whiffed two times in a row. And the first one they whiffed on Mike Bobo um, was at least a good try. The guy has never been a head coach. He was a gigantic failure, but at least they tried. Adazio was uninspired. It was a bad choice at the time. It's a bad, a worse choice. Now, they have to, now he gets $3 million to do nothing. As I said on Twitter, I wish I had the ability to find a job where I am grossly underqualified, hired by a friend, do a terrible job, and then paid $3 million just to go away. Now, Adazio, he's 62 years old. He doesn't need to coach ever again if he wants to. He's made enough in buyouts that he can do whatever he wants for the next 20 years of his life. He can just go sit on, you know, in Cape Cod and have a, have a sip of beer and, and talk about dudes being dudes. But that being said, I don't want to see him anywhere near Boston College. I saw fourth and dude joke about it. Yeah, he's a good offensive line coach, but he does not need to be back here. He won't be back here. Matt Applebaum is going to be the offensive coordinator. I know some. Of you, I mean, the offensive line coach. I know some of you don't want to hear that. Frank Stein is going to be the offensive coordinator. Steve Adazio might find another job if Urban Meyer ends up back in the uh, college ranks. You might see him as an offensive line coach with his buddy, but he's not coming back to Boston College. And you know, now that he's out of a job. We probably won't be making more Adazio jokes because that whole joke of a situation was more of a joke of a situation than anything else. It's over. And thank goodness it is. I'm done with it. We're all done with it. We can wash our hands of Steve Adazio now. We can talk about other things. Now, in our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's not Boston College related. I want to look at the ACC championship game because I'm excited as any BC game I have been all year because there's two really fun teams playing and I have my thoughts about who I think is going to win. Ho, ho, ho. It's the holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's the Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. With so many flavors, so you're going to have a hard time choosing. It will be brownie, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. And it gives you that extra fuel to bust down those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in an endless shopping line, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your pot jacket or purse, you never know when you're going to need one. Your friends with Santa, tell Santa to throw a few built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors they'd make anyone's morning a Christmas happy one. And like some of like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through, different flavors, all covered in chocolate. I'm telling you, I got my first one this weekend. They are delicious. They're so good, you got to try them out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. If you are a regular listener, I want to thank you. If you make this part of your first listen every morning, if you go onto your phone and you're like, ooh, new episode of Locked On BC, play. I want to thank you. You are the real, you're the true MVP of this podcast. And I, you know, we've done over 270 episodes over the last year, you know, good ones, bad ones, fun ones, funny ones, everything in between. And it's because of you that we do this, having such a great listenership of people who reach out and say, Hey, AJ, I love that episode, blah, 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 blah. Hey, AJ, I wish you'd do this. Thank you all. And I hope you all have a great holiday season. Now, On Saturday, it's the ACC championship game between Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. Raise your hand if you decide, if you predicted this was going to happen. You're all liars. So uh, I know I didn't. I I had Clemson and I think I had Pitt um, as my top two teams of the season, but. This is going to be a fun one. You have two of the best offenses in the country, two of the best quarterbacks. You have awesome wide receivers. So it's going to be a lot of different things going on. You're going to see Sam Hartman versus Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has been roaring towards a potential Heisman candidacy. If he goes out there and beats Wake Forest, He has to jump into the top five in terms of conversations. I mean, he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. His stats all, all bear that out. You got Sam Hartman, who has been a little bit more inconsistent, but we saw against BC last week, he can really turn it on. And you know, when Wake Forest is averaging almost 41 points a game and they have wide receivers like AT Perry and Jaquari Robinson, there's a lot of talent on that Wake Forest offense. They're explosive. They move the ball quickly and they are deadly when they get that thing going. Pitt, they're as effective. I mean, Jordan Addison is the best wide receiver in the ACC, and Kenny Pickett can do a million different things. So it's going to be interesting to see which which offense can can do the most or, if you want to turn it around, what defense is going to be able to make some stops. Credit to Wake Forest. Last weekend we saw what they were able to do against BC's offense. Their defense showed up. Now Pitt is playing at a whole different level than Boston College, obviously. Will they be able to stop or slow down that defense, that offense? I'm not sure. I like Pitt's defense a little better. They've got more talent on that side of the ball, and I did see a, a, a piece of Wake Forest that looked very beatable against, Wake, uh, against Boston College. A, a team that I think, you know, a team like Pitt that maybe has some things put together a little bit more that can play both sides of the ball, that can force those mistakes. I think they're a little bit more evenly matched, and I think that, Pitt will be able to force some things on Hartman, which we saw only here and there. Now, Pitt had only allowed 23 points per game this year. They were able to hold Clemson to 17 points. They held Syracuse to 14 points. You know, they've had some, you know, cake puff games like New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Virginia Tech didn't play them very well. But I think their defense is a little better, but this could be a massive shootout. And I'm really excited to see w- what team wins. Um, you know, neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs because they're both two lost teams and they're they're on the outside looking in. But there's a New Year's Six Bowl probably in in the line for whoever wins this. And I'm going to go online and say that I think Pitt's going to win. I think Pitt, Kenny Pickett is a better quarterback, in my opinion, than Sam Hartman. I think he does a lot more, especially in bigger moments. I think he does that. I think this is going to be finally the game that shuts me up about Pat Narduzzi. Now, if you've listened to me on different podcasts over the couple of years or read some of my posts, I'm not the biggest Narduzzi fan. I, I found him, I think I even compared him to Adazio at one point, like a guy that just kind of chokes away big games. But for this one, I think he's going to he's gonna get it. I think this is going to be the game that puts him over the hump and honestly puts him in a... Um, a league of being one of the better coaches in the ACC, like a guy that wins the big game, a guy that puts together a program that's honestly one of the better ones in the ACC, obviously one of the better ones in the ACC, and hope you know what looks like on paper set up to be good moving forward. So, I think this will be Notre big game. That's not a knock on Clawson because I think Clawson's an excellent coach, but. It's more of me eating some crow about how I view Narduzzi. and I know I'm not the only one that thinks he can be a bit of a choker, but so that's our thoughts on that. And uh, just as a last postscript, we talked about this game. Notre Dame made their hire on um, on Thursday, or Wednesday, excuse me, and it's going to be Marcus Freeman, their defensive coordinator. This is, you know, you're for those of you hoping me to say, oh, this is a stupid head coach move. This is, you know, it's a guy with no experience. It's going to be bad for him. This is a good hire for Notre Dame, and I think it actually puts them in better shape than when they were under Brian Kelly. Now, Brian Kelly's a great coach. Marcus Freeman, honestly, is going to be one of the highest risers in college football in the next couple of years. He's an excellent recruiter. He's an excellent defensive coach, one of the best in the country, and he's going to get this program to hum in. the in. The players are very, very excited about this. You see them all tweeting about it. I think for those of you hoping – that his hire was going to lead to uh, Tai Chan, who's from Lawrence Academy, hoping that he would leave. I, I get this feeling he's not going to go anywhere. As I said yesterday, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. So there's not going to be a mass exodus from Notre Dame. In fact, I honestly think they're going to get their recruiting is going to continue to improve. They might be able to start challenging some of those bigger schools, and this might be the hire that gets them over the hump. You know, Kelly had them pretty stagnant, like, and it's not a bad stagnant. They were like kind of just like, you know, number five or six or four and five. But they could never win a playoff game. They were always just right on the outside. I think Freeman might be the guy that gets them that win. And I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy that gets them a national title. But I, if I was a Notre Dame fan, I think this is the right hire. And I like it better than Fickle because if they hired Luke Fickle, then you're going to have guys leaving because he's not the head coach that they they um, committed to. Freeman's been part of that program. So all in all, if you're a BC fan hoping for Notre Dame to take like a Charlie Wise type dip, This is probably not going to be the news you want to hear, but we'll have to see. He has never coached before. And as we saw with Jeff Halfley, there might be a little bit of a learning curve with him, but his learning curve might be a little bit shorter when you have, you know, half a, you know, two dozen blue chip recruits and a five star quarterback and all this other good stuff around him to build around. So we'll have to see how that impacts the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. On Monday, We'll recap Boston College basketball's weekend game against the Fighting Irish. We'll look at the ACC Championship. We'll talk all about Boston College's bowl game and anything else that breaks over the weekend. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. If you did, give us a five-star review on Apple on iTunes. Just head on over, hit 5 stars, say, Hey, we love this podcast. It was great. It helps us get new listeners. Thank you all. You can find me on Twitter at ajblack_bc. underscore BC. Hope you give us a follow. And we'll see you all again on Monday. Stay well. See you again soon.